Hey everyone, welcome to the Nolan G Podcast where I discuss camera gear and my personal progress as a freelance filmmaker and YouTuber. Gear 100% matters. Whoever says gear doesn't matter, <laughs> but I get where they're coming from. I get where they're coming from. So today uh, I just wanted to say a little uh, something to introduce uh, Spencer here who is uh, a filmmaker located, where are you located actually? I'm actually located just uh, just over the border in Canada. So just over the border from Detroit, I'm about a 30 minute drive from Detroit. Okay, yep. okay, awesome. Yep. So way up in the great white north. You know, it's funny, it's actually more south than Detroit. So it's more south oh, than really? the US. <laughs> so it kind of dips dips down a it little bit. It dips down. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, yep. yeah, very good, yeah, very man. good. Yeah, very cool. Um, and I just wanted to introduce him because he uh, he had some content on the Panasonic GX85 that kind of piqued my interest. It was in my recommended videos, and I've done videos on the G85 in the past, which I'm going to be doing more of this year. So I feel like, because uh, some of those were just, you know, uh, <laughs> two years old. So I wanted to, you know, rehash, make those better um, for this year. And I feel like my audience, uh, those who are watching right now that uh, might be able to benefit from this, we'll keep it informal. So uh, it might be eight, 10, 15 minutes, depending on uh, what we talk about. But I uh, uh, just wanted to uh, welcome you and uh, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me, Nolan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to start out with just a uh, blanket at the very beginning. How did you get started in video? Not even necessarily paid projects and that kind of thing, but even just when you first picked up a camera and you started filming random things, whether it be with friends or, so how did that all begin? Sure. Um, so growing up, I mean, I'll start from very beginning, just real sure. quick, very young. Uh, we had a little Sony cyber shop, my family, you know, you could take mm -hmm. 10 to 15 second clips on it. <laughs> and, uh, I grew up just making little videos of myself where I have, uh, you know, I just made funny videos of myself and now my family has a whole, uh, library of, of blackmail when I get older. <laughs> I mean... It's already it's already coming to me now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I have that. Yeah, yeah, we made videos when I was like eight, nine, sure. ten. Oh my gosh! Sure, yeah, don't, I'm never. Yeah, I'll never let that see. Yeah, the no, day. I think I was even a little younger. I think like from five to seven or eight, I probably. Oh, wow. I, I made a ton of videos. Yeah, and uh, after that, I mean, I've always loved cameras. I loved how they. I, it was just interesting to me being able to being able to capture something and replay it. And sure. so when I was 14 or 15, uh, at that time I was already really big in the snowboarding community. And mm -hmm. I, that's actually how I got my start with filmmaking is from creating snowboard films and snowboard movies. So there was a, oh, wow. a long period of time there, probably from 14 to 19, I would say. I was creating, uh, snowboard films with my buddies and we wow. were posting yeah. them all over the internet and putting them in magazines and whatnot so that's awesome so snowboarding and skateboarding a little bit of skateboarding too yeah for sure yeah. for sure yeah yeah that's awesome i'm actually originally from vermont so uh killington we over there. i did a little bit of snowboarding back uh, a few years ago really enjoyed it but yeah yeah Absolutely. that's awesome yeah uh, how <laughs> what kind of uh, uh gear did you use when you were doing the snowboarding stuff did, was it just sure. like action cameras or was it uh, big <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure uh 
When I first started, I purchased a little Canon Rebel T2i, and I bought you know a, a eight millimeter fisheye. Had a shotgun microphone on there. OG. Had a nice little yeah OG, and had a little uh, uh, kit lens or, or some type of zoom lens. Even if it wasn't the best, I had a, sure. a, a zoom lens, and I didn't even get. Uh, to the snowboard season by then. That was during the summer and I saved up all my money to purchase this stuff and then by the time snowboard season came around, I already ended up selling that gear <laughs> and purchasing uh, a big like prosumer camera, what they used to uh, shoot. Uh, it was actually the first camera, I believe, that came out with true uh, 24 progressive frames. It's the Panasonic HVX200. Okay. At 1080p. And so I had the HVX200, and then I purchased, uh, it's a very uh, rare fisheye called the Century Extreme Fisheye. It's one of the biggest uh, glass elements you'll ever see on a lens. Yeah. Uh, so I purchased one of those, <laughs> and I, for, for three or four years, I used that filming. Wow. I take yeah. it you probably couldn't get a filter on the front of it or anything <laughs> like that. No filter. There was some there was uh, some lens hits on that thing that uh, pretty much destroyed my oh. my soul. But <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So um, going uh, into the filmmaking uh, world and that kind of thing, um, where uh, just to give context, are you uh, a professional? Like this is your professional full-time gig is this uh your you know you have a job and it says this side gig is it a hobby i know everyone's at a different place uh, where are you at uh, in sure. regards to that so from snowboarding i was able to get into a commercial filmmaking space uh, i was invited out on set one day and i loved it and from there i started working just uh, a day or two a week and eventually uh, was able to be hired into a a creative agency and while I was working at the creative agency I, I built my own brand up so at the agency I was working part-time and on my freelance time or on my own business I was able to work you know all those hours and put all that effort in so filmmaking's basically been a full-time gig for me ever since and that's been you know six years ago or so that's awesome that's yeah. awesome. So you've yeah. been pretty much in it completely, like all of your paid time during the week is filmmaking for the past six years. Exactly. That's awesome. All my time, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm currently working at a, a, a ministry in uh, okay. Fishersville, Virginia, and uh, I'd say half of my job is is producing content, whether it be photo or video, and then the other half is, you know, IT and that kind of stuff. But sure, sure. Uh, eventually, uh, not necessarily with them, but uh, I, I eventually want to move into doing production. I've done, obviously, on my channel, I've had weddings, and um, I originally wanted to go after that, but I'm kind of at a point now. Now, I, I text you. <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, I just I saw your videos, and actually, <laughs> side note, I had a baby, so it's going to be a while until I can <laughs> get back to you. Um, but I just like, I've got to reach out to him just to, you know, get the ball rolling. Um, but um, really, because of that and that family shift, I was like, you know, weddings might not be the best option for me anymore, just because, I mean, I don't want to be away, you know, every weekend and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and so as uh, I'm, I'm going to be taking some free advice from somebody who's in it 
full time right now. <laughs> um, if I want to go into actually that in a lot of cases, what you're doing is ideal for um, what you know what I'm what I'm really going for too. Like if it's a grab bag between uh, doing uh, side jobs for that or do working for a media company as their um, you know content creator or videographer, whatever your title is, mm -hmm. uh, what how would you say someone like myself who's kind of moving toward moving in that direction? Um, is it just a matter of continuing to put out good videos? Is it marketing yourself in a different way? Is it, I mean, obviously, uh, if you don't have an answer for that, yeah, it's so different for every person, but sure. um, how, do you, how do you gain those connections and eventually get to that point? Sure. Um, like you said, putting out videos consistently, that way you're just building up your portfolio. So when you, you do get interest, uh, you have a solid portfolio where uh, they're not going to think twice about if, if you're the right choice or whatnot. Um, but to actually get those connections, to get yourself established inside of that, that part of the industry, you know, more commercial work, uh, you know, less weddings, but more commercial and corporate work. I think it's just a matter of, I think a, 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 a bit of advice would be to look at agencies in the area, advertising agencies, whatever you want to call them, marketing agencies, creative agencies, uh, and just reaching out, touching base, sure. letting them know what you do, sending them your portfolio, uh, and just, it's basically a waiting game at that point. But sure. while you're doing that, just keep on creating good work. And that way, mm -hmm. uh, when they look at you, they have no doubt. Sure. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Absolutely. So, um, uh, shifting over to the gear talk, which is what everyone seems to be here for. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you, what do you, I know you, I've seen, uh, the black magic, I've seen GX 85. What are you currently shooting on, uh, at this point for your main, main camera? So main camera. So I kind of divide, I, I, I have my main camera for, for, uh, corporate work and commercial work. And then mm -hmm. I have my other A camera or main camera for YouTube stuff and, and weddings too, because I still do shoot weddings. Sure. Um, for my main camera for commercial and corporate, I use the Blackmagic Pocket 4K. Mm -hmm. And uh, I use my Panasonic S1 as a B camera to the, the Pocket 4K. Mm -hmm. And on that note, for my weddings and my YouTube, uh, I pretty much use the Panasonic S1 uh, all the time. That's pretty mm -hmm. much the only camera I use for my YouTube content. But so, besides the GX85, sure, you know s certain videos. But all the talking head stuff. Um, if I'm talking about a product, usually the shots that I'm I'm using are being shot with the S1. Sure. So both cameras have their their pros and cons to to the specific. Uh, side of the industry, whether it's corporate or, or sure. weddings and YouTube, but those are the main cameras that I use. Right, right. So different tools for the different applications that you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, what What are your favorite lenses on each of those? So for the po for the pocket 4K, I would have to say the uh, the 18 to 35. That's uh, love it. That's what I'm yep. shooting on right now. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm shooting on right now as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm actually shooting on the GH5 because I have a GH5 as well. 
Nice. Um, <laughs> it's just a little easier since I'm able to see myself with the flip out screen. So that's... Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm on the G85 right now and it's... Uh, yeah. Sure. Nice. Nice. Yep. Um, so the 18 to 35 on the Pocket 4K, super solid, uh, especially when you have it paired up with, you know, a, uh, a 0.71 uh, speed mm -hmm. booster to reduce the crop factor to 1.3 yep. or whatever it is. Um, I think it's a really good full frame equivalent, that range, and it's very versatile. So, mm -hmm. it, and it's, it's solid. It's so solid. You're able to get really clean images out of it. Uh, there's not a ton of character, but for a lot of the work I use the 18 to 35 for, that's perfect. It's perfect sure. to, to start with a clean slate and right. then kind of manipulate some things and post to get sure. it. Sure. Yeah. That's what I've heard a lot about Sigma is that they're really solid, like amazing performers optically, but they just lack that little bit of character that you might get from uh, something, yeah. yeah, from other brands and that kind of thing. But yeah, exactly. I 100 percent agree with you that it's a like so sharp, but it's you know it lacks a little bit of that. <laughs> sure, <laughs> the character sure. and that kind of thing. No, no, exactly, exactly. As, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so do you shoot? So for the GX85, what are some lenses that you you typically shoot on with that? Obviously, a lot of it's for YouTube, but sure, uh, in sure. General. Um, you're talking about the GX85 specifically, G or the S1? Yeah, just okay. the GX85. GX85. Sure. Yeah. Um, for the GX85. Uh, I like to keep it super low profile, super mm -hmm. minimal. Uh, and that's the reason why I bought the camera. So mm -hmm. typically I'll shoot with, or most of the time I'll shoot with the 25 millimeter 1.7. Mm, yep. Perfect, perfect companion. It's super light, super sharp. Uh, you have autofocus if you want to use that. Uh, I mean, for, for, for video, it's not the best, but for some mm -hmm. stuff you can get away with shooting continuous continuous mm. autofocus mm -hmm. for video. Um, sure. So that's the main lens I use on it. It's not super wide, especially on a micro four third sensor. Sure, like 50, 50 millimeter, millimeter equivalent mm -hmm. full frame. Uh, but with that said, it's super solid lens. It's inexpensive. Sure. Uh, so everybody can get their hands on it. And oh yeah. That's why I think I, I bought it. one used on eBay for like 110 bucks or something like that. And exactly. it's just ridiculous. And exactly. yeah, if you can't, and you can get really, yeah, really nice stuff out of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful separation depending on how close you are to the subject, but, uh, great lens. It's a great lens. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so what about the S1? So for the S1, um, I bounced between two lenses. Uh, for a wider lens, since the S1 is a full frame sensor, I will shoot on a Nikon 24mm 2.8 AIS, mm -hmm. older manual lens, but sure. it covers a full frame sensor since it's, yep. it was built for 35mm cameras. Uh, so amazing lens, the Nikkor uh, AIS series have beautiful uh, flares and character and a, a nice softness to them that uh, mm -hmm. is hard to get with modern lenses. Sure. But um, I love that lens for talking head stuff because uh, mm -hmm. I can get a really nice wide frame where I don't have to finagle trying to dial in my focus. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss focus. It's a little, little easier to miss focus on full frame. Sure. <laughs> uh, and for a tighter lens, I'll use a Nikon 50mm 1.4. Mm. And uh, that paired 
with the S1's full frame sensor is Ooh, absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. Some people talk about you know. Uh, don't get too caught up in the depth of field thing, but man, I think we're I all know, suckers man. for depth of field. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, if you show somebody, show somebody a uh, you know exact same image with the with one point four versus uh, you know Panasonic twenty five one seven. I mean, exactly. you, I mean, you can tell the difference when it comes to full frame micro four thirds. That's pretty obvious at the same f stop. Exactly, but. and I mean that's we're we're trying to engage people that, at least for me. For all my work, I'm trying to engage people that know nothing about cameras, and I can guarantee you, 95% uh, of the people that see an image shot with, you know, uh, a full-frame sensor compared to a micro four-thirds sensor, uh, with the depth of field difference, depending on mm -hmm. what lens you have. Sure. Everybody's gonna point towards the full-frame sensor when it comes to yep. a, a more professional look. Sure. Uh, since that's associated with a depth of, with depth of field, but uh, right, right, because most stuff is either super thirty five and up usually when it yeah. comes to anything you watch in the movies or anything like that. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, so you're saying gear does matter a little bit. <laughs> gear, that's <laughs> gear one hundred percent matters. Whoever you watch, says uh, gear doesn't matter, <laughs> but I get where they're coming from. I get where they're. Did coming you ever watch from. Um, Eric Floberg's new video? I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, the greatest, like, <laughs> setting up all the... Oh, it was great. I actually think I got one of the top comments on that video right now. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. I, it's I said, hilarious, because uh, it's like, gear doesn't matter. And I'm like, uh, well, I mean, okay. You, you reach this, like, law of diminishing returns where it's like, you could hand somebody who knows nothing about cameras, uh, you know, red, and they'll be terrible at it. But, and you could hand you a GX85 and a 25 millimeter. You'll produce something way better. But... <laughs> What you reach this threshold of you can only get so far with a camera and then you kind of have to upgrade, you know, lens bodies. Obviously the law of diminishing return applies very much so as you get way up into the, you know, cinema range and that kind of thing. But absolutely. absolutely. But still you're kind of expanding for your skill set. So Exactly. And I think that's and I, I people need to talk about that more. There's a there's a big conversation going that that gear might not matter, but if gear didn't matter, uh, Hollywood would be shooting on iPhones and shooting on, on cheap cameras, but Hollywood doesn't shoot on cheap cameras or cheap iPhones because, you know, they're, they're obviously their production allows way better cameras sure. and Hollywood look is associated with amazing looking cameras. And, sure. and if you have amazing content, or an amazing story to tell, uh, an amazing camera system that makes it look better, makes the film just that much better. And so, mm -hmm. uh, gear matters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like there's, yeah, there's always those intangibles that, you know, people, uh, like everyone says, well, they're not going to notice dynamic, like one extra stop of dynamic range, which might be true, Sure. but there's always those subconscious things that I think people reg who, do who don't know anything about video. Like my wife will watch something and be like, that looks really good. And I'll be like, well, that's because that's a <laughs> Eterna film and it's gorgeous on, oh my gosh. So, absolutely. so yeah, it absolutely does matter. And I feel like everybody saying it, it doesn't is, uh, it needs a little nuance, I think is, yes. is what, what I, it needs. 
Exactly. And I, yeah, I totally, I, I understand where they're coming from, but. Sure. Yeah, but yes, story is very, very important. And it comes first. Right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so what gear would you personally, since we're on the, you know, the mattering of gear. Uh, so what gear would you recommend somebody, let's say just starting out right now in sure. uh, 2021, what, what gear would you personally recommend to them? Sure. So if I were to recommend someone gear that was first starting out in filmmaking, I would have to say, like everyone says, just shoot with what you have at the moment. And if you find yourself wanting to uh, buy gear or wanting, you know, up your production game, your production value, the, the look of your films, if you want them to look, you know, the next level, uh, I would say buy a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. Uh, mm -hmm. Find something uh, inexpensive. Maybe buy a GH3, a GH4, mm -hmm. um, a Sony a6000 series camera yeah a60. i shot on that for a little while there yeah. you go yeah great cameras and they're inexpensive uh i cannot forget to shout out uh, the gx85 <laughs> amazing <laughs> camera for sure for inexpensive uh so i would say shoot with what you have for now and if you find yourself really loving creating films and uh, the whole process of it, uh, look at buying a small mirrorless camera to, to take it to the next step and then just sure. go from there. Sure. So what would be your best advice for someone who they want to learn a little bit more about shooting great video? Obviously, if they're here on YouTube, they kind of, you know, they're here for <laughs> learning about how to shoot better videos. But um, what resources would you point people to to, to just learn how to, you know, get better? Sure. Um, what I did when I first started getting into filmmaking is connecting with people online that are in your area that may be in the industry. If you don't have that connection or if you don't have uh, people in your area that are into uh, filmmaking or whatever it is, go on YouTube. Seriously, YouTube is like the biggest resource for filmmaking knowledge, how to mm -hmm. operate a camera, what settings do what to your footage and, and how to take it all the way through post-production, uh, making it look better when it comes to editing properly, making the right cuts, coloring. Um, so YouTube is probably one of my biggest, uh, actually the biggest source of my filmmaking knowledge. And then off of YouTube, just connecting with people in the area through Facebook groups. I really like Facebook groups. They're, they're awesome to connect with people uh, because they get pretty specific on you know, your area and your niche. And so Facebook and YouTube and uh, forums as well online. I love mm. going through forums such as DVX user and Red user and not really sure what happened to BMC user, BMC <laughs> user, or whatever it is for Black sure. for Black Magic. Kind of like, I think they revamped their their web website and it just 
is terrible now. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. <laughs> yes, yes, I digress. So, uh, YouTube first and foremost is a beautiful place to, uh, to get some filmmaking knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And I can really second uh, YouTube for one because it was a few years ago when I decided like, hey, this is something that I would really want to pursue. Um, again, I had been shooting video, you know, home videos and all that, been around cameras for a long time, but actually decided, hey, you know, this is a direction I want to take my life. Uh, who knows what the heck's going to happen. But um, sure. yeah, like, let me see, where was I going with that? I just no forgot. Problem. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no problem, man. Oh, um, and I can really, I can speak to the value of both YouTube and, and kind of moving forward in your knowledge base, but also reaching out to someone and offering your services uh, for a lot of people kind of are a little weird about free work sometimes. But so I, I got in at a wedding film company. Uh, they're actually really good friends of, uh, of ours now, David and Sarah. And uh, they're pretty like they're I would say they're in like the mid to high range of wedding filmmakers in, in our area. And so uh, my wife knew them from the coffee shop she worked at. Uh, I kind of knew them a little bit. And then I just asked, uh, David of David and Sarah one day, I was like, you know, um, I've, I've been shooting a little bit on my a 6,000. Um, would it be okay? I will come to a wedding. Uh, I'll carry your bags. And it, if you just let me ask you questions, I don't even have to shoot a video and you don't have to pay me. I'll just, you know, set up lights and do all that kind of stuff. And so they were like, well, let us think about it. We'll we'll see if we have one down the road. And and so I was thinking that they'd be like, well, you know, maybe maybe not, maybe in a year or two. And so like that week, they called me up and were like, hey, we've got one uh, in a couple of weeks. Do you want to come? And I was like, sure. And I was thinking I would just be, you know, there with, um, you know, just being a a gaffer or something like that. Um, <laughs> if, if weddings have those and. Uh, and they, uh, we get there, and then they hand me a GH4, a monopod, and then an Olympus 25-1-2. And I was just like, they were like, here you go. Bride prep's in there. It's like, we already know you know, how, you know all the basics. Uh, ask us any questions, and uh, we'll go from there. And they said, we're going to get, this, this wedding's pretty low-key. We're going to get what we need, so don't, you know, don't feel stressed about it, which obviously that situation is probably the most ideal there could be for learning and figuring things out. And so was that? That was three. So it must've been, it's actually been three years. So three years later, I've got a full season working with them. Um, hence why I'm, you know, slowing down my own weddings because I've probably got maybe 10 to who knows how many with them, but, but that turned into that from that relationship, from that putting myself out there, but I would never have gotten that job consistently because they called me up afterwards and were like, your footage looks amazing. Like we were expecting it to be terrible. <laughs> I actually said that because they were like, usually people are terrible. Um, so they were like, yeah. it's actually good. Do you want to work for us? And so uh, I couldn't have gotten to that place if I hadn't been spending that entire year learning settings, ISO, aperture, at like shutter speed. Uh, you know, don't crank the ISO on any micro four thirds camera ever. <laughs> don't do that. And all those kind of things. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, YouTube set me up for that opportunity that I still have going into 2021 and most likely beyond as they grow and adapt and that kind of thing. So I can 1000% echo that. So what you were talking about when it comes to, to just offering yourself up and mm -hmm. for free, maybe, maybe, maybe it's for a little pay, maybe you offer yourself up for a little pay or for free entirely. 
I'm totally down for doing free work. If you know, you don't even have to know that it's gonna get you work, but that's what gets your foot in the door. Otherwise, when people hear you just yapping your price out there, uh, they're gonna be a little bit more timid and they're not gonna reach out. But if you wanna reach out, if you reach out and put your foot in the door, you got your way in there and they'll see your footage and they're like, and then that basically just gets you in front of them and they're able to see your work and see how you work. And that's what leads to consistent work is sure. just doing free work. So even people that are first starting out, if you have to do free work uh, for however long, keep doing it because you're going to build up all these relationships and, and sooner than later, you're gonna be getting paid work sooner than later. And even if you have been in this industry for however long, it's, it's still a great idea to do free work every now and then because mm -hmm. it's basically uh, marketing for yourself. You're sure. marketing yourself and you're advertising yourself uh, and getting your foot in the door uh, and word of mouth referrals from people that you worked with. They might say, oh, this guy did a great job. Um, and you'll get four other gigs from that, from doing that free work. Obviously, those four other gigs hopefully are paid, but. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you told me you're doing free work. Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> he told me that you did free work, so you're doing free work. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for a video. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But I just wanted yeah. to just uh, roll off of your, your uh, when you were talking about uh, just showing up on that wedding day just to help out. Helping out goes a long way when it comes to building your your workload and your connections. It's sure. it's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Spencer, where can uh, everyone find you at? So you can find me on YouTube. Uh, my name is Spencer Whiteman, so you just type that in. Uh, and you can also find me on Instagram, Spencer Whiteman Visuals pretty sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I'll make sure to uh, get all those from you. I'll put them all in the description along with all of the gear that we talked about. Um, and yeah, along with his channel and everyone should definitely go subscribe to Spencer right now. And, uh, I'm sure he's got some great videos coming along and, uh, yeah. Thank awesome. you so much, man. No, thank you, Nolan. I appreciate it very much.